the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Dan Prof Show. This is Jim Uriel sitting in for Dan. Um, interesting guest who's an article I just read that I thought was fascinating. Eric Felton, who's correspondent for Real Clear Investigations and the James Beard award-winning author of How's Your Drink, which I, I kind of want to ask you a little bit more later about what that book's about, because I, I do own a bar and I do like to have a drink on occasion. But thank you for joining us, Eric. And I read your article, 60 Years After Eisenhower's Warning, Distinct Sign of a Digital Intelligence Complex. So here's what I thought I got out of it, and I wanted to, you to tell me where I was wrong. I thought you are saying that 60 years ago, Eisenhower said the, the unholy alliance between the government and the industrial military complex could only lead to bad things. You are saying yes, and that now there's an unholy alliance between the government and the technology companies that could lead to bad things as well, correct? Correct. And, uh, you know, I think it, a lot of people don't realize, you think about a company like Amazon, what we think of Amazon is, is primarily as a company that has sort of taken over the world of retail, delivering to your house boxes of goodies, of books, of, at first books and CDs, and now anything and everything. And yet the delivery retail business of Amazon isn't where the primary profit center is for the company. Um, The primary profit center for Amazon these days is Amazon Web Services, uh, providing cloud computing. And a huge amount of their cloud computing business is the federal government. Um, And they have a deal worth uh, hundreds of millions of dollars with the CIA. And um, they've been leveraging that to try to get other contracts, for example, they've been fighting hard to get a contract called the Jedi contract that uh, Microsoft has gotten, but uh, Amazon is still trying to get back, which is worth $10 billion over 10 years. And um, so tons of government work um, for the high-tech industry, and um, it may be sort of both warping um, what happens in government and what happens in the private tech sector. So if you, to put a fine point on this, is one of the things you're saying is that if the government and big tech are going to be in bed together, big tech is gathering data, it's gathering data on everybody. It's, it's mm. anonymity is gone. Is this one of the biggest downsides of it is that we as individuals who use Amazon, I use Amazon a great deal. I assume you probably do too. Most people do. Um, is that where the huge downside is in your mind? Well, you know, there's a there's a huge downside in in that um, people have been kind of coming and going from government. Uh, people who work on the the high tech side uh, go and work in government in the Department of Defense, for example, for for a year or two, and then um, come back out of government and uh, help work on trying to get contracts from the government for the private sector companies. And um, you know, it's it would be corrupt, and there are lots of anti-corruption laws on the books, but those laws have been denuded of, of, of late, where people get all sorts of waivers and 
um, uh, are are given the okay by ethics officials to go ahead and do things that the regulations and rules say they really shouldn't be doing, um, which is working for uh, or with companies that they had been dealing with when they were in the public sector, when they were in government. And so the ultimately the question becomes, you know, are decisions in government being made um, because people working in government are looking to um, what the kind of money they're going to be able to make when they get out of government, working for the big tech companies that they had dealt with when they were in government. And part of that is, you know, if we think about any effort to reform big tech, how willing are people in government going to be to rein in the abuses of big tech if they're all looking toward, um, you know, the deal they're going to have with big tech when they have left government and are looking to be hired in the private sector. So it's the same thing that happened. In, I'm in from the financial world. And when you look at, you know, Goldman Sachs is populated by government. Government's populated by former Goldman Sachs employees. It's, we're talking about the same thing here, right? And then all of a sudden you see regulations that you don't understand. And then if you look at the more nefarious side, they become much more understandable. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that is exactly the problem. And, um, you've got with the private sector, um, again, uh, you know, you, you have things happen like with, uh, I talk about in my article, uh, Susan Gordon, who uh, had been um, one of the top people in um, the world of intelligence for the U.S., the uh, deputy, primary deputy for um, the director of uh, the Office of National Intelligence. And um, she would go to Amazon government sales conferences and give speeches touting how great the work Amazon had done for the CIA. Staggering. Hold that thought for a second, Eric, because we got to take a quick break here. But there's, I want to get back to, to Susan Gordon, and there's another question I want to ask in a second. Uh, this is the Dan Prof Show. Thanks for joining us. The Dan Proft Show. Welcome back to the Dan Proft Show. This is Jim Uriel sitting in for Dan. And I'm speaking to Eric Felton, who's a correspondent for Real Clear Investigations and James Beard Award winning author of How's Your Drink? And we're, we're, the conversation has been wild. We're talking about the unholy alliance between government and big tech people crossing, going back and forth. You're just talking about Susan Gordon, and I rudely cut you off for the break. Tell me more about her. Well, you know, she's an impressive person who has, um, you know, was in the CIA for some 30 years and rose to be the number two person in the intelligence establishment um, in the U.S. government. Um, And a lot of what she had done at the CIA over the last, um, you know, half decade or so has been work with Amazon Web Services taking the uh, intelligence world and making all of their work being done on the cloud. So cloud computing with Amazon web services and Sue Gordon would go to Amazon um, government sales conferences that Amazon would put on these, you know, big events with thousands and thousands of people from uh, everything from local government to the federal government agencies at the Washington convention center here, having these, you know, big convention and Sue Gordon would get up and would be the you know featured speaker talking about how 
what a Amazon Web Services had done was so great for the CIA. Now, there are federal regulations against uh, federal executives and, and employees um, endorsing private companies, endorsing products, endorsing people. But, um, you know, Sue Gordon got a waiver from the ethics people at, uh, at the intelligence community to go ahead and, and give these sort of promotional speeches for Amazon. And this is part of the problem is there are rules on the books that restrict um, abuse of going back and forth between the public and the private sector. Um, but instead of being strictly enforced, those rules have been um, you know, eroding as people are saying, well, we really need to get the input from high tech and big tech people to do, you know, to have a startup mentality in the government. Um, and so people get waivers that allow them to do things that otherwise would not be legal, would not be allowed. And so I do think that part of the, the way of dealing with this problem is not to look for new legislation, but just to begin with enforcing the rules that are already on the books um, that keep people from abusing their position in government um, in favor of the company that might hire them later on. And, um, you know, a company like Amazon Web Services, there's that company, but there's also dozens of companies that, you know, resale, do resale of Amazon Web Service products. So it's almost hard to get any job in government these days that doesn't have some connection to Amazon. So here, um, this question is going to uncover how sinister an individual I am, and I'm really you're hoping you're going to join me in some of that cynicism, at least even if it's just a modicum. So you look at <laughs> what we've seen. That's a good intro, isn't it? I'm actually kind of proud of that myself. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so over the last year, when in our response um, to the pandemic and the lockdown and the work from home, to me it was obvious that there was going to be clear, clear winners and clear losers in the corporate world and in the equity world. Um, Amazon, you know, we talked about the FANG stocks, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, the, those, the stock, the shares just exploded for two reasons. One, because it was tech, we were making a shift to technology, whether we liked it or not, beginning one year ago, almost this week. Um, Amazon was an enormous beneficiary of that, as is Apple, Microsoft, everybody else who's involved in the tech world. Then you look all of a sudden that the people who are instituting these lockdowns are the government. We've already established before that the government and big tech are in bed together. If if a hundred, if a if a zero to a hundred, a hundred was yeah that they completely almost in some ways did this on purpose to boost up their friends, and zero was that it wasn't in there at all in their thinking. Where would you put that? Is it in their thinking at all, or am I just off the reservation? Um, you know, I I am am never one to you know suggest that a, a good cynical way of looking at things is not the right way to good good that's the answer i hope for first off <laughs> uh, but you know i i would say at the very least that um you know if you've got um you know if you're hoping for some some effort to rein in big tech are you going to get that is that going to be done by people who are um you know, expecting to work with big tech when they get out of government and are in the private sector. You know, as we look at the kind of cancel culture and how many government uh, employees are going to want to, you know, take any actions that would displease um, Silicon Valley, uh, knowing that um, 
they will want to be working with Silicon Valley down the line. Right. So it's not it's not unreasonable to take the flip side of that coin and think and not saying that that was their pure motivation. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying is that when they when it dawns on them that, oh, yeah, these policies that we're instituting could help our pals quite a bit and someday get me a lucrative job. Um, that's not a bad thing on there. So the motivation is there. So I'm, my guess is you're saying the answer is a five or six out of 100. Yes. Let, let's put it this way. I don't think that people are hugely motivated to do things that go after big tech, given the sway that big tech has, not only in Washington, um, but across the country, uh, wherever one might be trying to find a job after government service. That makes that makes a lot of sense to me. So the, the problem with the, you know these companies, too, and I alluded to it for a second before about the gathering of data. I remember before, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, there was a, a crime a high, uh, a, a, where the government wanted someone's Apple phone um, you know, to be looked into and it was coded very well. And then all of a sudden, oh, you know, we're, we're fine now. Um, but the relationship between these two, is it going to be a civil liberties um, issue at some point in time? Oh, I think it is totally going to be a civil liberties issue, given that our communications are all now in the control of various tech companies. Those communications, what happens to those communications, who gets to hold on to records of those communications, those things are all going to blow up at some point, I think, in, into big issues. You'll remember that uh, once upon a time, people went to video stores, and there was a, I believe it was the Clarence Thomas, where people had gone to get the records of the videos he had looked at, oh. and that ended up resulting in there being legislation, you know, protecting people's rights to right. be private in what videos they rented. And you know, I think at some point, unfortunately, we're going to have, we're, we're gonna have like a hard out here, Eric. I would have loved to talk to you all day. This conversation has been fabulous, but I have to let you go because we're running out of time. But hopefully you'll come back again because this was great. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been the Take Dan care. Prof Show. Thank you for joining us. Podcast of the show at danproffshow.com.